1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In 1877, the Earth moved with the power of a footballing giant, and the world was introduced to the beautiful game. People might yet win it here for Wolves. Blasting the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the 77 Club. The race of seventh is well and truly on and Wolves are in the driving seat thanks to that fantastic revenge win at Vicarage Road. We chat that 2-1 win over Watford in the Premier League. Next up, it's already relegated Fulham. Can we get the three points to secure seventh place? The best of the rest. We also chat the under-23s, manager of the month and everything in between, including the 77 Club Quiz. Welcome to episode 74 of the 77 Club. Harry, start the socials. The Wall 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, please rate and subscribe. Andrew of the Pundits this week are Dan Bayliss. Hello, Wolves fans. And Jack Williams. Hello, everybody. Harry, it was dubbed the Watford Revenge, wasn't it? And in the end, it turned out to be just that, an unchanged side from the one that beat Arsenal 3-1 in midweek. It was. Um, I was pretty nervous before the game. I didn't want to lose again because I wanted a bit of revenge, as you said. And that's what happened. I thought we played well, barring uh, Bennett's mistake. I got a bit worried after that bit, but yeah, we deserved the win. Great winner as well with the cross by Neves and it was revenge. It took a little bit of the sting off the semi-final loss for me. And Jack, you sort of spent the morning probably 
being a little bit nervous about whether you were going to get your ticket or not because you sort of did it at the last minute, didn't you? You managed to get one, got in the ground okay. What was the atmosphere like? Yeah, it was good. Um, shout out to Laws Boy 7 on Twitter who sorted me out with a ticket at short notice. So yeah, thanks for that because um, I wasn't planning on going. I thought I'd give it a miss because I'm going to Liverpool, but um, then it got to the morning and obviously being London-based, it was... Uh, it was just down the road, so I felt left out. But yeah, managed to sort one. Um, atmosphere was atmosphere was good. Um, performance was good. Um, decent day, really. Marred by the, there's quite a bit of trouble going on outside and around the I was ground. Say what, what was going on with that? I don't know. There was a quite a big police presence, as you'd expect, and there, there was you know I saw a few instances of uh, fisticuffs with various fans and stuff, and I know people who uh, were involved in some trouble. Yeah, so I don't know whether this is a rivalry that sort of um, materialised out of the cup semi final, or whether you know we had the incident at Modern New a few years ago with the Watford fan. Whether something's come out of that, I'm not sure. So that's you know sort of a, a marred the day really. But yeah, performance on the pitch, I think we are much the better team. They did well. We were lucky to give him a goal, really. It was unfortunate by Bennett, but you know, he can't really moan too much. He's had a good season, mistakes do happen. So, and it didn't matter in the end because we got the win. And a good finish from Raul Jimenez, right place, right time. Lost his marker, didn't he, Dem? Yeah, I think both goals were exactly the same, weren't they? Jimenez just got in the perfect spot to get it away. I think we had a chance slightly before that. And Jaws again, brilliant finish. So, you can't really, you can't really knock what we did on the day. And Harry. Jimenez is on 13 Premier League goals for the season now. He's overtaken, obviously, a former Wolves player into first place. Do you know who he's overtaken? Fletcher, wasn't it? Was, yeah. 12, 12 goals in the season that we got relegated, which just shows how good that return is, actually, mm. isn't it? But it was great to see him with his, I was going to say shooting boots, but obviously he scored the header, but it was good to see him get a goal. It was, yeah, because, to be honest, since his goal in the semi-final, he's been a bit quiet, hasn't he? He's been all jotter, really. So yeah, it was good to see him get his goal and obviously Bayliss just mentioned there that one that flicked up and hit him in the nose and nearly went in it came off the line so he was unlucky in that one and I just wish he'd have got his mask out because there was rumours that he had it available didn't he but uh, <laughs> I think someone on the bench forgot to put it behind the goal so nah, it was great to see him score and uh, they shut the Watford fans up that's for sure. Ryan Bennett was sort of going from from hero to zero if you went on Twitter after the game he got a lot of stick which I thought was unfair. Yeah, as I said just you know it's... Um it's a bit harsh considering especially when we won the game I'd imagine as it was going off on social media at the time um, he was getting stick then wasn't his sister jumping to his defence or something I saw a little bit yeah. about and, and these sort of things but you know in the end it, it, it didn't matter we won the game so going back to that first chance that Harry just mentioned there with, with Jimenez all the Wolves fans myself included thought that had gone in because at the, the end we were sat at it looked like it had just flown up and gone into the back of the net so I was like halfway through a proper goal celebration <laughs> when I realised it had somehow been cleared off the line um, so but yeah, it was all us and I've got no qualms with, with Ryan Bennett really because, you know, the defensive performance apart from that mistake was was pretty pretty good really. I mean, the, how many chances did Watford really have? Very few. Will Hughes had that header that he, that he screwed and apart from their goal, they offered very little. Um, and I suppose we're going to go and talk on about about Ben Foster's comments now, so I'm guessing that's the next item on the agenda. Well, I was going to say actually first for, for Jota and all five of his assists for Wolves this season have been for Raul Jimenez. Bayliss, how well is that partnership turning out to be? It's actually the most Premier League assists exclusively for one player by another this season. Yeah, it's it's vital and crucial, isn't it? It, it? It's that link-up play that I think Wolves haven't had for years and years, and it's not just how the two of them play, it's how they not just play their own games. They they literally do know where the other person is going to be pretty much all the time. And you can now see it. Uh, Arsenal was a perfect example. And then they did it again against Watford. So I think the two of them, between the two of them, have just been phenomenal this season. If you said pick a player of the season, 
them and them two and Doherty is where it's going to be I think Ooh. and Harry um, we'll, we'll come on to that later <laughs> but Harry in terms of Ben Foster obviously Jack mentioned it there he was sort of I don't know if he was on the wind up or if he's just in denial he said that Neves lumped it up to Jossa it just so happened that it was an exquisite 50 yard windy ball yeah well he was claiming it was the wind that held it up wasn't it but he made a mistake he didn't know if he was coming or going and that's because the ball was fantastic he was in the exact right area Jota obviously anticipated he was coming so just waited for it to drop and just slotted into an empty net which was a great finish he made it look so easy and Neves as well I just want to mention for the first goal his original like sliced volley out to Jota yeah. as well was so important he's like falling over I mean, Neves had a great game again, like he did against Arsenal. And yeah, Foster, I mean, he got absolutely annihilated online after, didn't he, on Twitter and that, because he was such an idiot with his comments after the semi final. <laughs> but you can't believe he said it was luck. I've, when you watch it back on match today, Neves looks up twice before he sends that ball in. Yeah. So it can't it can't yeah. be luck or the wind. It's it screams to me like typical school school goalkeeper comments whereby he's blamed everyone but himself. If you're a goalkeeper and you come out your off your line to claim a ball and miss it by a, a country mile and they score, you've got to take some responsibility on yourself. But he basically blamed Neves, blamed the wind, and blamed his own players for not taking Jota's run. So I think it was Tiger Woods, wasn't it, that said that the more I practice, the luckier I get, and he <laughs> is a top shagger. So uh, it was Nick Faldo. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay, right. I don't know if he is. Maybe he is. Or Probably. He's definitely a swinger. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Harry, should Wolves have had a penalty in that second half? Yeah, well, me and you was doing the, of, uh, the old watch along. And at the time, I didn't think it was. At first viewing, he slid in. It looked like he got the ball completely. And I watched it back. And oh my life, he's just took Jotter out, hasn't he? Yes, he gets the ball after once he's absolutely annihilated Jotter. But I think because of Jotter's reputation of going down a bit too easy sometimes he does get clattered a lot doesn't he so he does try and get the fouls but yeah the referee hasn't given it and I think it was mate it was a, a really reckless tackle really when you think about it this this is a weird one where obviously the Wolves fans are behind the goal and we were just baffled as to how it wasn't a penalty but now watching it back and looking at the referee's view I can see why it wasn't given mm. I think it's one of those where the angle that you watch it from makes it either look like a, a fair good tackle or one of the worst challenges ever obviously watching it back properly it is a really really bad challenge he doesn't even touch the ball but looking at it from the angle rather than being behind the goal from from the direction of play where the referee was looking I can see, give, got to give him a bit of a benefit of the doubt there because I can see why he hasn't given it even though it was a penalty I just want to go off the back what Jack said at the beginning saying how great the Wolves fans were how loud they were like we, obviously we were watching it on a stream bloody yeah. hell they never stopped singing it seemed like and um, I hear Jack I, well, you'd have probably been down the back actually because you like a drink don't you but apparently the songs were going on through half time as well so I've heard so yeah absolutely no, was, brilliant um, away following it has to be said uh, we definitely picked the wrong time our friend Walker went and came back with three lovely meat and potato pies just <laughs> ju- just just as we scored and they went they went everywhere <laughs> so I, I think we are already annoying all the people around us anyway just by being there and then there was all of a sudden there was pie everywhere my friend Matt was nearly in tears because he dropped his pie and, um, <laughs> it was was it the Vicarage Road gravy massacre yeah I mean and, but yeah the, the atmosphere you know the fans were great considering there was only 2,000 Wolves fans there as well mm. and the size of the ground when we usually take 3,000 to most Premier League away games because of the allocation so to, you know to st- you know stand our ground and you know outsing the famous Elton John stand um, it's te- testament <laughs> also Jack I don't know if you heard this you probably don't know how quick you left but I saw on Twitter apparently Watford straight after the game they just lost all their fans were leaving they started playing K which I thought was a bit of a dig at Wolves you know what I mean you have to say 
Oh, I missed that. I don't know. Of course, oh, it was that though. That's petty, isn't it? Well, like the Watford, whoever run, runs that song section. Oh, well, one other thing. The first thing you said, Sam, is it was a bit of revenge for us. We do also need to remember that they could, they oh, could no. still have the yeah. last lap. Here. <laughs> yes, they could. Yeah, and win a cup in the process. Yeah, <laughs> it's that... literally all or nothing for them, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, most definitely. It's it's a real weird situation, isn't it? I wonder if it's ever happened before in the Premier League where a team pips another one to seventh and then that team that they pip go on and win a cup and keep them out of Europe. I, I can only think that it's happened with the Champions, Champions League, League when yeah. Chelsea finished outside the top mm. four and I remember watching the Champions League final, I think it was against Bayern Munich, when I was watching it with a Tottenham fan and a Chelsea fan and obviously <laughs> when it went to penalty, Drogba scored the winning penalty, didn't he? Mm. And obviously Chelsea took that Champions League spot off um, off Tottenham, Tottenham. And, and Liverpool have done it to Everton as well, I think in 2005 when they won it and then that was yeah, when that was change it, came yeah. in as well. Uh, just want to say as well, like I was saying, it's a weird situation and that, and obviously Watford could win it. After like I'm with like I was with Jack at the time after the Southampton, after the Brighton games, I didn't think we'd get two wins against Arsenal and Watford. So just for us to bounce back the way we have, thinking the season's over, even obviously we don't want Watford to go on and win it, but it's just crazy that we're back in a situation where we can get seventh, in my opinion, which has been great. It's not even that. It's I mean seventh looks seventh looks likely now. It's the most likely outcome that I can I can see based on the other um, teams around us have got tough games. If I give you the um let's well, just sorry, Jack, just to yeah. give you what the situation is with, with Leicester from tenth. Um obviously they're they're on fifty one points and you got Watford on fifth uh, you got Watford on fifty, Everton on fifty, Wolves on fifty four. So I mean you look at Leicester's running and it it is difficult because it's Chelsea and Man City, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, every team, ourselves included, has to play uh, at least one top six team. Leicester have to play two. So I've been looking at this all week, really, and I'm sort of thinking, even if we get a point on Saturday, it's more than likely that we're going to finish in seventh. We, for, for all we know, we might have enough points for seventh now, really. Because if we get a point on Saturday, then Everton, either Everton or um, Le- uh, Watford, sorry, have to win both their games. Everton's games are against Burnley and Tottenham, away at Tottenham, which is tough. Watford have got to go go to Chelsea and then play West Ham. So you think, you know, maximum they're going to get from that is three points. And Leicester, would, uh, Leicester are closer to us by one point, but they still have to at least win, get four points from Man City and Chelsea. So it's it really is unlikely. And obviously we know a win on Saturday puts it all beyond doubt and it'd be nice to do it in style. But I honestly think one point... In, in in real football terms, if you were looking at those fixtures, you'd think that that all the teams there are going to drop some sort of points and will most likely be okay. And I think seventh. After me saying a few weeks ago that our season was done, we're not getting seventh. I think the football <laughs> final. I think the cup final has killed us. I'm actually uh, eating my words a little bit now because statistically, I think it's looking like the by far the most likely outcome. It's strange, isn't it? And it, it's weird that it is so tight at this stage of the season because if you look at somebody like Watford uh, on fifty points. You know, West Ham with them still to play could actually go above them, and Watford could be finishing eleventh. But they're also still in that race for seventh, which just shows you how tight it is at the top. But also at the at the bottom of the table, it just shows you how inconsistent those teams have been. It also just again the frustrating fact that we've given six points to Huddersfield, and seventh place wouldn't even be be a question right now. If um, if if uh, hello now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's beautiful. Uh, the seventh wouldn't even be in question right now if we just performed against the bottom half or lower six teams like all the other teams probably around us have. We'd be clear. Sorry, Harry's Harry's <laughs> wife's just walked in and he's got a li- he's got he's got a little face on him that you know you know as a kid you get excited for beans on toast and then realise it's got little sausages in it. That's exactly the face that he's got. <laughs> she didn't yeah, know I was on air. Then she just walked in like, "Hello." I was like, "Yeah, we're doing on air." Oh, like, you know what I mean? 
in in terms of a man of the match, we'll go around in the circle. Harry, start with you. Yeah, I'm either going to go with just because of the fact I, I slated him a lot, either Johnny or Jota. Or even Neves, but I'm going to go with Jota because he got the winning goal. But those are the three in contention for me. Yes, you know, you know, I love Jota, and I say Jota every week. But I was going to chip in and talk about Neves, but uh, but obviously Harry did before me. But yeah, the fact he has had such a good week, he was involved in both goals with his long range passing. Um, you know, give him a shout there. So definitely because he was involved in both. You know, both of our goals. Jota worked harder than a one arm bricklayer. So Jota. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> So, in terms of obviously man the match, there I did got around to doing my player of the season, and just didn't want wanted to to bolt that on to that. We sort of talked about it last week. Is it still Matinho for for everyone here? I've cast my vote. Yeah, but I wouldn't mind, mind if it was I. I wouldn't mind if it was Jimenez as well. Do you know what I mean? I I haven't cast my vote yet, but I probably will vote for Jimenez. I voted yeah. for Doherty and me. Harry, have you done it yet? No, but I will vote for Matinho. I would have, I would have thought. There's no doubt that those three are going to be the top three. I would have thought. Jota's going to be. Jota had a poor first half. Well, it's his bad to start. He, he, did, he didn't yeah. turn up. It's player of the season, not player of the half season. He'd have. A, he'd probably be winning player of the half season if it was since Christmas. But I know he was carrying an injury, and uh, but you know, I think he'll probably finish you know fourth or fifth in that race. But um, I think the top three are pretty much nailed on. I'd say. Okay, well, that is Watford. We'll move on now to Fulham at home, and your away perspective comes from Sammy at Fulhamish. The away perspective. What have our opponents got to say? Sammy, thanks for coming on to begin with. Pleasure, pleasure. Now, because it was over the Christmas period last time, we didn't get to catch up with you uh, as we normally would before that Fulham game. This one has, well, it's a little bit different now, isn't it? Fulham already relegated. Just to begin with, what happened this season? Where did it all go wrong? I think everybody would seem to be tipping Fulham to to be sort of, well, I guess in Wolf's position. Yeah, exactly. And it's quite interesting how the predictions have pretty much been spot on, if anything, a little bit underestimated for Wolves. And for us, it has just gone completely the other way to such an extreme degree. I think you know, we look at Wolves this season, and it's come up a lot in conversation about how you and us were both fancy to have good seasons in the Premier League and for what reasons um, it has worked for you guys and for the reasons that it hasn't necessarily worked for us despite us spending a lot of money and in our case actually we spent even more money um, than you guys. I think it's, it's complicated why it hasn't worked for Fulham. Obviously there was a lot of chopping and changing in the summer which was necessary. We went into the season with 12 outfield players which is not enough to sustain a Premier League squad so we did need to buy a lot of players and you need to spend a lot of money to survive in the division unfortunately we didn't quite spend it in the right areas we probably spent a bit too much money in midfield um, when really we had big problems in defence and particularly at fullback whilst we signed a couple of centre-backs player like Alfie Mawson has been injured for most of the season um, Callum Chambers has actually been used as a midfielder in sense of centre-back so we were just using those same championship defenders who weren't that great in the championship in the Premier League and that's been the big problem for us is just not being able to keep to keep goals out really and some you know shambolic defending at times and when I look at your squad with a player like Matt Doherty and 
and such a solid defence with, with Cody, etc. And then you compare it to our defence, whilst your attack gets a lot of the limelight, actually you need that sturdy back four to keep you solid. And we just haven't had that all season. And I think that's been the major factor. I think you're right. It's 76 goals Fulham have conceded this season, which is actually at time recording two more than Huddersfield, which just goes to show. I mean, it's not a surprise that relegation is followed by the fact that you've conceded 76 goals. But in terms of having a say on who gets into Europe or at least who finishes in seventh in the best of rest position, Wolves are in pole position four at the moment. They need three points. It's a home game. It's against a side that's been relegated. But the one thing you've got to say from Fulham is that they've won the last three. Yeah, we have, and and we are playing without fear. Um, I also think that Scotty has just suddenly found his feet with a system that works and there's some balance in the side, and we have missed that all season. We have a consistent... Um, defence, although uh, we're going to have to change right back again if Dennis Adoy uh, is injured and Tiffany Fossi-Mentz is injured, but um, one of the big players has been Frank Zambo Angisa, who is one of the maligned players that we signed in the summer of 30 million. He's been not really in the squad for most of it, but actually we found him a position in, in the middle um, of midfield, a kind of box-to-box midfield, and he's been an absolute revelation for us, and he's been a real key reason as to why our form has improved. Scott's first few games were Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea. So that's why he didn't get off to the best, the best start. Yeah. Then as soon as we've actually had a few winnable games, he's done really, really well. So um, three wins in three, three clean sheets in a row. I wouldn't necessarily say that it's going to be an absolute banker for you guys on Saturday. As you may have been looking at it a few months ago and thinking that it would be. I think you're absolutely right there. And you did us a little bit of a favour in that, that first win in that run, beating Everton as well. So, obviously, thanks for that. Um, My pleasure. In, in terms of how Fulham will set up, you say, obviously, they're playing with more freedom now than, than they have been for the majority of this season. And does that play into Wolves' hands with that counter-attacking football that we've been seeing? Um, potentially. And we, we have struggled with teams on the counter all season, particularly at Craven Cottage. It's just been a, a real issue for us as we... We go up one end of the pitch and before you know it, a team breaks away and, get, and gets a goal and the sucker punch. So we are very susceptible to counter-attacking teams. The one thing this season is I think one of our best performances under Claudio Ranieri was against you guys at home. I thought we were actually quite unlucky not to win that game. Again, it was a bit of a defensive lapse that let Saeed score a couple of minutes in time. And when we look back over the season, I'm sure we, us guys will do a season review in a few weeks. And we may say, because actually I think we're not going to be that far off in terms of points total, because I think we might win one out of our two final games, either against you guys or Newcastle. And we might say, actually, we only needed maybe to turn a couple of draws or a couple of losses in, into wins. Where, where could have we picked up? And I think we'll look back at the Wolves game and think, actually, that was a, that was a time where there was two points two points drops because we grew into that game we scored a goal late on and we thought we'd managed to nick it and then once again our defence just let us down at the death and that's that's one thing we saw against Cardiff which will give you guys some hope as well when the pressure is piled on us more often than not we crumble and really if Cardiff just had a bit of nous about them on Saturday they should have nicked a point because they had chance after chance in that final 10 minutes Rico um, in goal had a bit of a worldy 10 minutes for us but really it more came down to Cardiff not taking their chances so we do wilt under relentless pressure which is um, a worrying thing to say and especially next season when we're going to have real tough 
um, big physical attacks against us and people lobbing the kitchen sink at us constantly because not, more often than not we'll probably be in the ascendancy in games. That is a bit of a concern that maybe the mentality isn't quite there. Do you think you'll keep hold of those so-called star players? I think we'll keep hold on to more than people think. Uh, Mikel Seri, it seems like a definite is going to go, but that isn't a huge issue as long as we keep Tom Kearney because I think that was the problem with Seri is that him and Kearney do the same role and they just can't play in the same team, almost shade kind of Lampard, Gerrard from, from all those years ago. Um, Sessegnon, I'd love to say he's staying, but it does seem like he's likely to go. He hasn't got that long left on his contract and can potentially leave on a free next summer. So um, that's a bit of a concern. And some of the other ones, I think Mitrovic, there's a chance he could stay. And Giesa, there's a chance he could stay. Kenny could stay because they're all contracted. Um, for another four or five years, um, all of them really. So it's going to take a hefty fee for any of them to leave us. And I think Fulham will try and convince them that, you know, give us one season, try and get us out of the championship and back into the Premier League. So I think more will stay than than people think, or maybe I'm just deluded because <laughs> I, I want that to happen. Potentially, yeah. Um, just finish us off then with a uh, score prediction, Sammy. Um. You know what? I'm going to be optimistic just because I think that we're in this weird purple patch at the moment and there is no pressure and I think we might go up there and nick a win, you know, and it might be 2-1. I think you might score. We might just nick a couple late on. Um, Someone did a brilliant tweet which just sums up Fulham perfectly in the moment, um, comparing us to a loose horse in the Grand National where we're just going around ruining everyone else's season. Um, and, and I think that is kind of what we're doing at the moment. You know, I think um, we, we relegated Cardiff. Uh, we stopped Everton potentially um, winning their own Everton Cup and um, we really annoyed Bournemouth fans. So it'd be nice to make it four out of four. Um, but it's, it's going to be a really, really tough game. You guys are on great form. Um, you've got some really dangerous players. I absolutely love Raul Jimenez up front. And I think for 30 million, he's actually in the future going to be a bit of a steal. And, and I still feel sorry for you guys over what happened in that semi-final. Oh, don't. I still, <laughs> I know I shouldn't bring it up, but my word, I was, I was gutted. I was gutted for you because... How that oh. panned out, it just all went wrong in a series of a yeah. few minutes. 13 so, minutes uh, hell. Yeah. Um, so I do feel sorry for you, and I'm and I'm happy that you guys are doing so well, and hopefully it won't be too long before we're playing you again. Well, thank you so much, Sammy. It does mean a lot, and I, I won't say that I said that like Fulham would be a donkey in the Grand National, ruining everyone's Grand National. No, I, won't, I, won't, I won't say that. No, I won't say it. Just on the just on the point of uh, manager of the season, I know lots of people have been talking about it um, sort of over this co- course of the week. Out of out of the Premier League, who would you say yours would be? I don't, I don't know. I mean, someone that obviously I know what you're thinking is is maybe um, Nuno or, or Javi Gracia. Um, but for me, I, I just think that what Klopp has achieved at Liverpool, getting them so close to a title and managing to compete all the way with with Manchester City, has been pretty remarkable. So I think I would give it to Klopp uh, in, in all honesty. But I can I can definitely see a case for a Gracia or a Nuno being right up there because what you guys in particular have achieved, um, considering expectations, has been uh, pretty pretty remarkable. Excellent. Well, we obviously won't speak to you next season. Maybe hope for a cup time. Uh, hopefully you bounce straight back and we can have you back on again. Yeah, that'd be good, Sam. Cheers for having me on. The Away Perspective.
What have our opponents got to say? So, really good away perspective of the voice from Sammy at Fulhamish. Harry, with that score prediction, it's all going well until we got the score prediction. Now I feel nervous again. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a great analogy about the Grand National, by the way. It made me laugh. Oh, um, yeah, but, but it's mad, isn't it? They've won the last three and they must be scratching their head thinking, why couldn't we do this when we had a chance of staying up? So, I mean, looking at this, if you'd have told us that if we beat a relegated team one, you know, second game to last of the season, we can guarantee seventh would have bit your hand off but you'd think it would be easier on paper but you know it's a very tough game they're they're free they're flying they're winning and let's just hope we can be too much for them because I'm a bit worried now after hearing his away perspective there well Jack of those two teams have been relegated we have taken one point from there so have <laughs> those three games uh, but you look at the stats and we mentioned it there you know, if you're going to concede 76 goals in 36 games, you don't deserve to be in the league. But also it just shows how leaky that defence can be. Yeah, they've had a bit of a resurgence lately when the pressure's been off. But I don't think any Fulham fan can look at the season and not think it's been a huge disappointment considering the amount of expectation that they had at the start, myself included. I backed Fulham in a, a handicap, and handicap bet to actually win the league. And... That's no way. With the league? <laughs> well, yeah, with the league in the I'm handicap. handicap. Yeah. Oh, well, but, uh, right. I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like in horse racing. but um, I don't know what that is either. <laughs> just quickly explain. No, don't. Uh, no, it's all right. We'll, go, we'll, be, here, we'll be here all night. Um, so what was I saying? Um, yeah, so it, I think the season has been a big disappointment. Uh, they've, they're making it a little bit more respectable now, obviously, with the, the recent wings. But again... The way we fared against Fulham, not just the, in the game of Boxing Day this season, but also the game away last season, the Championship, I do fancy Fulham to come here and give us one hell of a game. It's not going to be a walkover or anything like that. And um, Mitrovic against Cody, we've seen it all before. We know okay. that he struggles against yeah. him. And that's why when I was talking earlier about how many points we need, I think a point on Saturday will be a good result for us and a more realistic result than us actually winning the game. And the king of stupid bets, Bayliss. Yes. Uh, do you want to say a bit on probably Ryan Sessignon to begin with? Get out of oh, the way, get out of your system. I was just about to say, isn't it going to be an honour that the best player in football <laughs> is coming to Molyneux Saturday? <laughs> uh, aside from Sessignon, yeah, I imagine Cody's got some very heavy sleeping tablets for the next few nights. Russ is just going to be lay awake <laughs> thinking about what Mitrovic is about to do to him Saturday he's just had a baby that'd be really irresponsible wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> to put loads of sleep to have loads yeah. of sleeping tablets <laughs> sorry love I need a kip Mitrovic on Saturday well how do you approach the game I, mean, I guess he's going to do the same as he done he's going to be the, probably the same start in 11 I don't think he's going to change anything is he well I don't know because we have struggled so much against these bottom teams why not when we've now got a complete free hit fair enough we want to finish seventh but it is a free hit why not try something a little bit different and see if we can rough it and tough it with them in the middle or try a Dharma up top to have gotten some longer balls and playing off the last man or because to be perfectly honest the results we've had against Fulham Cardiff and Huddersfield so far have been really disappointing and it's been this a very similar format of football I know Nuno doesn't change his way but you've got to do something eventually to get past it or else we're going to end up every season losing to the teams at the bottom 
Harry, I saw something on the social medias today saying, you know, people like Max Kilman, Maximilian mm. Kilman, what a fantastic name, and Will Norris could feature in the first team before the end of the season. And bearing in mind there's only two games a season left, and I doubt it'd be Liverpool, then could it be Will Norris and Maximilian Kilman coming into the side? I really hope not. I really, really hope not. I could understand if seventh was already sealed and we literally couldn't do anything. If you know, if we draw, I wouldn't want to go to Liverpool and like and like play them. Do you know what I mean? So I hope that don't happen. I know he did it last season, didn't he? He played like Norris and I think Burgoyne. Come on, didn't he? For like the last twenty at Sunderland away, uh, when there was yeah. nothing to play for. So I could understand then, but now you know the season is not completely over for us. I hope that don't happen. To be honest. Jack, is it right that, I mean, we'll talk about the under-23s and how well they've done this season, but he was he was actually kind of at fault for one of Manchester United's goal in that under-23s game. Um, no, it would be stupid, as Harry said, when there is still something potentially to play for. And obviously, the one thing, not just from our point of view as well, if we do go to, let's say we win on Saturday, and then we go to Liverpool and we choose to play the fringe players in what is a title decider for between Liverpool and Man City for the league, it sort of just shows a bit... You know, it's a bit McCarthy-esque, a bit of disrespect for the rest of the teams in there and the fact that you've suddenly changed your team because you've got nothing to play for, even though that could potentially have a knock-on effect on who ultimately lifts the trophy. So I'm not, I, I, would, I want basically our strongest team or not far off it for the next two games and then everyone can go on holiday. In terms of a score prediction, Harry? Uh, I said to you like earlier when you asked, I said 3-0, but after listening to that away perspective and seeing how happy Sammy was thinking they're going to get a result... I'm going to go for a, a narrow 2-1 win for Wolves. Yeah, after hearing what we've heard for the last sort of 10 or 15 minutes, it's um, it's clear that Fulham are a slightly different team to what they have been at the start of the season. So I'm going to go with 5-1 Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> and Jack? 1-1. One, one. And I'll be very happy with that. And one famous person that will be there will be Sin Cara, the uh, Mexican wrestler of... Uh, WWE fame. Uh, here's a clip of him. To all my friends, to all my fans in the UK, especially the ones of the Wolverhampton Wolves, I have great news. I will be there Saturday enjoying the last game of the season at home with all the Wolves fans. Thank you to the Wolves and Wolverhampton to make for making this happen. See you guys there. See you Saturday. Now, lots of people kicking off on social media because obviously he has zero loyalty points <laughs> and has managed to get a ticket for the last home game of the season. Absolutely disgusting. Laura Darimple uh, offering him that on Twitter. Harry, your thoughts on that? Good gesture? I think it is. He's uh... He wasn't at Chorley. No, he wasn't, but he's exposed Wolves to the masses in Mexico, hasn't he, with all the mass, mass stuff. And I seen a clip of him on, on Twitter earlier on the news with his Wolves mask on again, doing some wrestling moves to a certain presenter. So I think it's all good and it's a bit of fun. Uh, it's good for him and as we've got such a big Mexican following now and they'll absolutely love it. So I like it when the club does things like this. But yeah, he wasn't at Chorley, but we're forgiving for that. Perfect. Okay, uh, we'll move on now to your latest betting odds and ticket news. Hi, I'm Kelly, Chris Kamara. You're listening to the 77 Club, and it's unbelievable, Jeff. Yes, so as always, we have got odds over from our partners over at fansbet.com. It's a big week. All of the odds have been boosted. So if you get yourselves over to fansbet.com, you're going to get some top odds on some of these bets here. Um, I've gone with first Wolves to win and Matt Doherty to get the goal. That was thirty-eight to one. It's now forty-four to one. Oh, good odds! Good odds. Uh, Wolves to win three-nil. Jota to score any time. It was fourteen to one. It's now nineteen to one. I like that one. Yeah, that's a bit more. You can you can tell, can't you, with the the amount of goals that they're leaking? Yes. 
and then one for Jack here. Wolves and Fulham to end in a draw, and Alexander Mitrovic to score was ten to one. It's now thirteen to one. Oh, value! And then we've got the two big ones. Harry, I've gone with your usual four-one. Uh, Bolly to get a goal any time in that. It was sixty to one. It's now seventy to one. Oh, that's a big. Do you fancy that? I do fancy that? That's a big. And then yeah, I, I have think gone. That's probably the one that I'll go with. I've gone with my five-one. And I've gone with Johnny to get one any time. It was 99 to 1. <laughs> it is now 124 to 1. Lord. You know where to go, Wolves fans. You know where to go. Wow. Excellent. Um, well, Jack, I, I, I'm going to guess that there's no ticket news. There isn't any ticket news. Uh, I didn't even look, actually, but the two games that we got left were sold out last week, so I assume they're sold out this week. One thing I did see, though, at Watford on Saturday is somebody had printed out a load of um, sort of A4 pieces of paper with their phone number on saying that they're willing to, I think it was, pay £300 for a Liverpool ticket. We're we're posting them all up around the pubs uh, on Saturday with his phone number on. Harry, why were you in Watford um, on Saturday? They're in demand. (laughs) 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 Off the back of that, I saw some funny ticket news, which related to ticket news. There was a, a... an American woman on Twitter going round and she asked for a ticket and literally even 20 minutes she had one for the Fulham game and then loads of Wolves fans like in their mid-40s like you know truckers would be big like bloody hell I've been asking for about three weeks now for a Fulham ticket I couldn't get one she gets one after 20 minutes shows well, a bit is, of cleavage on her Twitter profile yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah so I think that's why all the Wolves fans ran the one Wolves fan tweeted to saying I live on Pem Road and Wolves Ramsey if you need somewhere to stay <laughs> <laughs> we also talk about this whole Facebook like thing that's getting a bit ridiculous now. The what? What's that? You must have noticed this over the last couple of weeks. Basically, if you are female and attractive, or wear yeah. a lot of makeup, it seems. Um, not that I'm taking a personal dig at anyone. You get a hell of a lot of likes on Wolf social media. <laughs> I know, I know, I know what you're referring to now. So yeah, um, in the, we were talking about a post in the week, and even when you put up like a, a thing of Jota and they, they spam the Wolves groups, you know, it gets 300 likes. But there was that bird who put a photo up, and it had about a thousand, didn't it? It's yeah. just area in front of more than you. It's just, it's just ridiculous how many blokes will just click a picture of a like of a woman. <laughs> and it's just the comments as well the desperation running through those comments is is just a sight to behold I mean I, I saw Harry and Sam but I'm more likely to like a mum anyway right let's uh, move on to the manager of the month awards hi I'm Steve Ball and you're listening to the 77 Club so Nuno's in contention Premier League manager of the month award for April three victories during that month and he's up against the likes of Pep Guardiola, Jurgen Klopp and Scott Parker makes an appearance there for uh, obviously Fulham's three wins and uh, three clean sheets as well. In terms of who do you think will win it, Harry, do you think he's got a chance or I guess it sort of comes down to Klopp or Guardiola, doesn't it? I think he has got a chance, yeah, but it is going to be one of those two, isn't it? Um, He's got more of a chance than Solskjaer, put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see why Fulham's in there as well, but I just think it's incredible what City and Liverpool are doing, to be honest, how they just keep winning. Like I, I've said weeks ago, I thought Liverpool had bottled it by now, but they haven't. And yeah, I, I don't know. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one to pick that, to be honest. I don't think Nuno will win it, no. Because if you think about the disappointing results we have had this month, like, oh, last month, sorry, now, with, you know, drawing at home to Brighton, losing away at Southampton, I think you've got to look at the teams that have consistently won. So yeah, I think it will either have to be Klopp or, or Guardiola. Yeah, I completely agree with what Jack just said. Although we've had a couple of back-to-back very good results, there have been two very frustrating and poor ones in there. So it's got to be um, Klopp. The way 
Liverpool annihilated a couple of teams in the last few weeks have been brilliant perfect okay and um, we will move on now to the under 23s <laughs> sounds like Jack's Friday night <laughs> hi I'm Matt Murray you're listening to the 77 Club 77 Club for life yo <laughs> Oh, so, no. oh dear. Um, no. Wolves and 23s win the title. <laughs> so they beat Manchester United uh, last Friday, coming from 2 0 down with 10 minutes to play. Uh, likes of Niall Ennis in there, uh, Maximilian Kilman as well. And it just shows you what a good job Rob Edwards is doing in that under 23 side, Harry. And it looks like there's a lot of talent coming through at the moment. Yeah, fair play to Rob Edwards. He was at Telford, wasn't he? And then uh, he left there, come to us and. Yeah, fair play. And it was, I've seen the highlights on Twitter, some great goals in there. I think Ennis's went barring in, didn't it, via deflection. And what a comeback, right at the death. And we just beat Man United on all levels now, don't we? You know, it's incredible. <laughs> so, fair play. And they won, they won the league with that result, didn't they? The league, was it PL2? They did, yeah. So, absolutely yeah. fantastic by the lads, yeah. Dan, I think you said sort of near the beginning of the season that there were tweets going around pre-season saying that the sides such as Manchester City and Manchester United and the fans of those sides, sorry, uh, are saying that keep an eye on Wolves because it's the talent that they're bringing through Very and true. buying up at youth level that's going to pay off in in a couple of years time. Yeah, I think there was a Man United blog, wasn't there, where that uh, it was quite a good, it was quite well written, it, and that's exactly what he said. He said Wolves, Wolves are packing it out, Wolves are getting kids in, and they're going to develop them in the Wolves way. And hopefully, now if we cement ourselves next season in that sort of difficult second season syndrome sort of thing. If we can get through that one and ride it out and bring a couple of players through and start getting them first-time experience, we could have some really exciting prospects on our hands. And our own, of course, Rob Edwards, Jack Williams, bringing on those under 23 so that we can be enjoying them in a couple of years' time. Is it good that this is happening? Do you need to be winning titles at under 23s or is it just about getting them playing the right way? I think it is more about just getting them playing the right way. But obviously the under 23s is used, you know, just for not just for the young players, but also for sort of rehabilitation of, um, you know, senior players as well. So playing at the high standard is is uh, is a good, only a good thing, really. And it's good for those guys who've young guys who've gone and experienced um, you know, it's it's pressure experience as well. The fact they've had to, you know, play in a big game against, you know, arguably the most famous club in the world, albeit at youth level, and come from behind and uh, come from behind behind away from home to get a result. That's only going to go help in their development and their character in the long term. So it's only only is a positive thing, and uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because if you think about if you look at if you want to look at like developing players, you probably want to look at someone like Tottenham Hotspur rather than a Man City because Man City tend to just rather than develop their own players buy buy and buy and buy. But if you look at someone like the Spurs model, they also sort of bring in bring in youth for their own system as well and do it quite well. So it depends which which model we take uh, in in the long run. But you know you need the option there and you need need that infrastructure there to be able to compete at the top level. Perfect. And just on a, a question, uh, um, Aaron sent in. Um, our good American friend um, if we m- do somehow make the Europa League do the goals for next year completely change since we have to get a bigger squad does all the money and focus go there and away from improving that starting eleven? and does that mean really our goal is to have a good Europe run and just again survive in the Premier League but not necessarily raise expectations for a much better season maybe just not get relegated becomes a goal so uh, I'll go round I'll start with you on that one Harry yeah, like it's tough. Let's be honest. Um, I would be happy if we do get in the Europa League just to aim for like mid-table. I know we should be trying to push for top seven again, but unless we add a, a lot of players, I can't see us getting into the top seven 
or even trying for the top six and going deep in the Europa League and you never know we might go deep in the FA Cup or something again so it would be extremely extremely big ass to do that but yeah it depends how many we add I'd take 10th and a really deep Europa League run but I don't know what you'd have to think Jack you were sort of on the other side of that weren't you? No I think if you're looking at progress then if we get into the Europa League I don't know if this will happen but I've been saying it a long time and I know Nuno likes to work with small squads but we need to bring in I think at least six quality competing first team players and I mean quality first team players and that's even if you leave the likes of Traore and Cav and Costa they stay with us to potentially feature more in the Europa League so we need we definitely need a bigger squad but if we got seventh this year then the target for the next year has to be at least seventh we've shown we can compete against the top teams if we'd be clear in seventh as I said earlier if if we'd have uh, been as consistent against the, the bottom teams so I think the expectation has to be the same realistically we're not going to win the Europa League so even if we get knocked even if we get knocked oh, up Jack yeah why not we've beat Chelsea and Arsenal we've beat and drew with Chelsea and Arsenal this year they're both in the semi-finals of the Europa League I I don't think so because the difference here is that Chelsea and um, Arsenal have managed to do that while still finishing in the top six. That's yeah, that's right. But our style of play suits the Europa League, in my opinion. So that's why I think we can go far. I, I think the league has to be the main priority still, though, because that's how you get back into it. But I would just want to get into Europe so I can, I can experience it. I wouldn't be too disheartened mm. if we went if we sort of fell out even at qualifying stage or at an early stage. But if we want to compete at the Europa League then we need a bigger squad but the league has to be the, the priority and we have to at least progress on where we finish this season which is 7th or above Bayliss how big of a transfer window for Kevin Thelwell is this because Nuno's come out this week and said this group of players are not only very very talented but they're also very very good friends and I think recruitment is going to be focused on not upsetting the atmosphere between that tight knit group of players and if you're bringing in players which you need to do if you you need a bigger squad having used 19 this season in the Premier League how much is that head of recruitment going to be earning his money in the summer yeah and so he should be I think as a footballer you have to know that you you are in a competitive you know a competitive job and you are always at danger whether you're Matinho Doherty Johnny whoever there is always someone better in the game that can take your job and if Wolves want to progress I don't think we should be looking to run too much before we can walk the second season in the Premier League is a hell of a lot more difficult than the first. People have now all seen us play. We've had a, we've had wobbles at times. We struggle against the bottom teams. You aren't going to go to Tottenham and win every year. There is a there is a lot to do with over the next twelve months at Wolves, including recruiting the right people in the right positions. And don't get me wrong, I as much as any Wolves fan would love to be in Europe and love to get on flights on a Thursday morning going off to sunny Greece to watch a football game. But unfortunately, the priority has to be the Premier League. Just chipping in on that, I love, I love that stat about how we've only used 19 players, and one of those was Bonatini. Oh, wow. <laughs> so he's only used 18 footballers. <laughs> Banging in the goals at Forest, did he? Flying. Yeah. I actually genuinely forgot he existed. <laughs> uh, excellent. Right, time for this. Harry's <laughs> funny story. Yeah, there's only one place I could go this week, and that is the main man from Wolverhampton, Richard Stearman. Now, Sheffield oh. United got promoted. <laughs> there was videos of his top off, throwing his beer everywhere. I hope he gets a chance in the Premier League, because obviously I don't think he starts all the time for him, does he? But what a legend, and 
Yeah, top lad, and the videos went viral on Twitter, and it was absolutely hilarious. I'm sure you all saw it. I think he's absolutely battered, wasn't he? And it didn't oh. really take that long, because I suppose when you're that fit, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all fits you straight. And away. they don't drink today. Do you remember the time we saw Jody Craddock in Tribe, and at the end of the season, <laughs> he'd, had a, he'd had two VKs and couldn't walk. That's true. <laughs> but but I, I love I love oh, the video because one of the uh, pl- things on Facebook said shout out to Sheffield United Richard Stearman who definitely woke up in a stick in a skip this morning. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. What are Seb Excellent. skips? Yeah, I want a Seb bin hunk. What 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 year was uh, Seb bin hunk? Twenty fifteen, I think. Twenty fifteen bin hunk. Check it out, ladies. Magic mirror on the wall. Who's got the smallest of them all? Is it big enough to impress the ladies, or will they feel intimidated by the bloke at the urinals? His is massive, apparently. We're talking about IQs. Get your heads out of the gutter, filthy animals. It's time for the 77 Club Quiz. And this week's quiz definitely comes from (laughs) Harry. Right then, so three questions each this week. First one is a trip down memory lane from things you lot have said and myself. Second one's all about Fulham, second round. And the third round's just general Wolves questions. So first up, Bayliss. That should be good. He contradicts himself every week. I mentioned this in the WhatsApp group earlier. Me, that's Harry, Bayliss and Jack in pre-season predicted who we would think would be the best signing this season that the people would signed in the summer. We all picked one player each. So my question to you, uh, Bayliss, is who did I pick as who I thought would be our best player of the season? Ooh. Out of the summer signings. I'm going to say Moutinho because he had a bit of a rep. No, yeah, I actually said I think Patricio would be our biggest and best signing because Ruddy was dodgy and I thought Patricio would save us a lot of points, which he kind of has, but yeah. I think the best part of pre-season was Harry trying to pr- uh, pronounce Rui Patricio. That was that was quite funny <laughs> after about 19 beers at the England game uh, <laughs> against Tunisia. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, So, second up, Sam. Exactly the same. Who did Bayliss pick? Ooh. <laughs> If it helps you, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't even, mate. I didn't know I picked Well, I, I I'm, I'm going to go with uh, Matinho just because of the pedigree. He was uh, he was split between Patricio and Matinho, but he picked Matinho because he said Matinho's, Matinho's pedigree and experience would count. And I'm wrong. There, there you go. Yeah. Uh, First time ever. And Jack, for you, who did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> who did you pick as... Oh, as, uh, God. See, because... Uh, You've got to say, I think I'd, I don't think I'd have said Jimenez. I think I'd have, the Jimenez is the one that screams out now. I'm just saying that, and that's what I wrote down. But I, this is great. What did you say nine months ago? But I, I think I'd have gone with one of the other two, and I think I'd have probably said Patricio. No, so you were if and are in between Patricio and Jimenez, and you actually went for Jimenez. Oh. You said, you said after watching Jimenez, if he stoke away, I think he could be a dark horse this season and score most of our goals. So wow, you go. well, we should we sure. should do football like punditry or something. Yeah. <laughs> so there we go. After the first round, Sam's the only one for points. I thought that was an interesting round. That was actually yeah, very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Right. Uh, so back round of Bayliss. Who set up Sace's equaliser at Wyatt Fulham on Boxing Day in Ooh. the one-one draw at Wyatt Fulham? Ooh. Who got the assist? I'm going to go with it just because I'd be annoyed if I say anything else. I'm going to go Traore. It was actually a late substitution appearance. Cavalero set him up, put it across the six-yard box. So, Sam, so we're on the Fulham round, as you could guess. Who scored Fulham's goal in the 1-1 draw? 
Oh, Sessignon, wasn't it? How would you not get the world's best player scoring a goal? I know, yeah. That's I true. thought it was. I thought struggling. it was. Um, for some reason, in my head, when I was researching, I thought it was Mitrovic. But that's what I was thinking. Was it Mitrovic? Yeah, but I think uh, so. He the barn. And the last one for you, Jack, is Scott Parker is now Fulham's manager. But who did he take over from? Um, what's his face? Um, God. Um, a bit. No, I can Barry. Put him. Um, Billich. No, Claudio Ranieri. Ranieri, sorry. Yeah, Claudio Ranieri. (laughs) (laughs) Billich. Oh, Oh, lovely. Um, Lovely stuff. You know, two minutes ago when I said we should all be like football pundits, I'll I'll track that comment. (laughs) Uh, Right, so after after two rounds, Sam's on two. Bayless and Jack are yet to get a point, so we've got one round left. So Sam's clear. Play for pride, and one of you two got to try and not lose. Right, this is just general round now. It's multiple choice, so it's one out of three. So guess if you don't know. So Bayliss. Oh, no, I can't remember. I'm right in here. Uh, who has the most assists this season for Wolves? Is it Matinho, Jota or Jimenez? Well, the fact that we said Jota's got five for Jimenez. I'm going to have to go with Jota. I think it's Matinho with eight. Yeah, Matinho with eight. Oh, is. There we go. Well done, Sam. Thank you very much. Right, Sam, back round to you. Who has the most ever Premier League appearances, so all our appearances in the Premier League, not the old Division 1, you know, from 91? Yeah, sure. Out of Carl Henry, Matt Jarvis and Christoph Berra. Do you know what? Because I'm so hot on stats, I believe Matt Jarvis has 122 appearances for Wolves. Is that correct? Uh, I'm not sure, but it is Jarvis. (laughs) How do you know that? That is What do you do with your time? Basically, when you put a podcast together, you need to actually know what you're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> when are you going to start? The three of us have a job. So, um, oh, what is that? Excellent. Well done. Uh, so, Sam, you've got a clean sweep. Very good. And if Jack like gets that. this, yep. Jack needs to get this as we go into a tiebreaker. Right, Jack. Who has won the most aerial battles for Wolves this season? Is it Doherty, Bennett, or Bolly? It's it's got a. Oh, I think we just off. just thinking about the number of starts. It won't be it won't be Benny. It's got to be Bolly. It's actually Doherty. Shots. So wow. that's a t- that's a tie, and I haven't got a tiebreaker. <laughs> Matthew Thomas Jarvis, born the twenty second of May, same day as me, nineteen eighty six, in Middlesbrough, England, had one hundred and sixty four appearances for Wolves. Not in the Premier yeah, League. Not Premier League. League. No, not Premier League. It's actually it's a uh, hundred and eight. Uh, 108 there we go. right I've got a tiebreaker in my head I didn't prepare one but I've just thought of one in Wolves history forever in the Premier League how many red cards have Wolves received so send me an answer and closest wins well don't lose this week's quiz so Bayliss went with 6 Jack has gone with 16 is that incredible? I got about six. <laughs> and the correct answer is 13. I, I, so oh, Bayliss loses this week. I put 13 and, and then went, I, I typed it in and then thought no. Of course you did. I wouldn't have thought and that. that <laughs> Excellent. So I get one of these. And Bayliss obviously gets one of those. Where is your soundboard? It's sort of all over the place at the moment. I need to sort it out, really. It's a bit of a mess. Right, uh, right, okay. Well, that brings an end. Episode 74 of the 77 Club. Punters this week have been Harry Mansell. Thank you, everyone. Dan Bayliss. Bye-bye. And Jack Williams. Bye. The 77 Club.
The Wolves podcast for the Gold and Black Army. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.